0: The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to MichiganRadio.org. Hello, I'm Jennifer Hall, the Executive Director of the Ann Arbor Housing Commission, and I am going to be talking about uh, both our general fund portion of the city's budget, uh, which is a very small part of our budget, so that I'm going to actually talk a lot more about. initiatives that we are working on related to the city that are not necessarily part of the general fund budget. So the general fund budget, um, we receive $160,000 a year just for general operating support for the housing commission. And our staffing is paid for uh, by the city, both our actual um, wages as well as benefits. I'm requesting an increase of four FTEs related to the various developments that we are doing uh, both this year and next year, uh, which is an increase of about $434,000, but you can see there's a zero in the dollar amount because we actually reimburse the city uh, for the amount that's paid for for our staffing. Uh, Larger part of the city's budget, but not the general fund, is over a million dollars from the county mental health millage, as well as about six and a half million dollars from the affordable housing millage. Uh, In addition, I'm requesting a continuation of $75,000 for the work we are doing with our community, excuse me, Leadership Council, uh, which is a group of black community leaders to talk about activating a space on Catherine Street in our development uh, to honor the uh, historical black neighborhood and black business district uh, with some kind of historical cultural uh, organization. I'm going to spend a fair amount of time on various development initiatives that we're working on in partnership with the city. This map shows 12 different sites that are city-owned that the City Council in 2019 directed City Administration and the Housing Commission to work together to figure out which if any of these sites were suitable for affordable housing. We have eliminated two out of those 12 sites. Baldwin Avenue is where the Senior Center is. It has a significant uh, deed restriction uh, that pretty much prohibit for any kind of housing happening there and then West William as well uh, has a restriction on the use of that site. I'm now going to talk about individual sites not all of which will have activity happening in fiscal year 24 so I'm going to concentrate on the sites that I I believe there will be activity in fiscal year 24. The first of which is 350 south 5th Uh, This is a large, complicated project in partnership with uh, the AAATA and the DDA to redevelop this site um, to make sure that there's expanded bus services on the site as well as replacing the 100 SRO um, units uh, that were there when the former YMCA was located at the site. So we do have PUD and supplemental regs approved. Um, and there will be a mixture of incomes in two separate towers. And we are committed to support the A20 2030 initiative, and we'll be doing a fully electric uh, primary service with a gas backup generator. This is a rendering of the first floor, and you can see how we are trying to seamlessly um, combine our property, which is the blue and the gray bus lane with the Blake Transit Center for a um, positive passenger experience as they might move from the current uh, bus um, lane by the Blake, uh, across and over to the new bus lane that we are building as a part of our development. We have an L-shaped building and a portion of the bus lane will be going underneath our building. This is a visual of the current iteration of what our design looks like facing the northeast. And this is a visual of what it looks like if you're looking uh, facing the southwest. And you can see behind the Blake we will have some kind of canopy coming out over where passengers will um, load and unload on the Blake uh, buses, uh, which will continue that alley. Continue from Fifth Avenue all the way across over to Fourth Avenue. The next site I'm going to talk about is 121 East Catherine. The current uh, design includes 63 apartments, uh, most of which are one bedroom. It's a six story building. All the housing will be affordable up to 60% of median income, with about half as supportive housing, and the other half for people who are in the arts and creative fields. Uh, We're trying to preserve as much parking as possible on the site. Um, And we are trying to activate the first floor for a historical cultural community and or BIPOC uh, business space. The next uh, phase is to get site plan approval and then secure our financing. You can see from the first floor rendering on the left, we have also an L-shaped building with Uh, Parking underneath about half of the building with access from 4th Avenue and the alleyway. The yellow and peach colored and green colored spaces are tenant services and activities for the residential portion on floors two through six. And then the sort of lavender space is the area that's reserved for our community leadership council to um, figure out what is the best use of that space to honor the historical black Uh, community that lived and had businesses in this area. Our next site is 415 West Washington. It is definitely our most complicated site from a uh, public purpose trying to accomplish uh, the needs of what the community would like to see happen on this site. It is a contaminated site. It needs brownfield remediation. Um, It is designed to include a portion of the tree line trail. Uh, There's still a goal of affordable housing. There's um, an initiative to preserve the chimney for the Chimney Swift. Uh, It's an old historic district. And there is a floodway area as well as a flood fringe area. And there's a, a lot of impact with pedestrian, biking and vehicles on West Washington that need to be all taken into consideration in the design. This map shows where the floodway is, which we cannot build residential in, so it's preserved as open space and treeline trail, as well as where the flood fringes, um, which we can build residential elevated above um, 500 year floodway. We recently received PUD and supplemental regulation approval from the planning commission. The next step is to find a developer to develop the site. And this is a potential rendering of what it could look like under those PUD and supplemental regulations when you're looking east toward the downtown. And this is a rendition if you're looking west away from the downtown. 353 South Main is on the corner of Main and William. The only activity we anticipate in fiscal year 24 is to extend the sewer line from main street to the site that we'll need to connect to when a building is actually developed here while the main street is under construction right now for water main replacement. We don't currently have any design concepts but when we did our community engagement there was about an evenly split support in the community for a six-story option with about maybe 50 apartments and then a 10-story option with about 80 or 90 apartments Um, And so that will be a future development process. The next site is 721 North Main. Uh, We are also calling it 123 West Summit, because as you can see from the map uh, to the right, most of the site is in the floodway floodplain. And there's only in the small orange corner uh, is the only area that's potentially really a developable parcel uh, due to some Um, restrictions um, on the site from FEMA grant so we are going to be requesting that the lot be split between the portion that comes off of Summit that's buildable um, from the rest of the site and then we'll do some community engagement and go through a site plan approval process this site could hold four or five uh, townhomes or it could include two or three-story building with eight to twelve apartments Uh, for uh, households under 60% AMI. 2000 South Industrial Highway is currently used for multiple functions, both uh, city functions as well as rented space to the Washington County Drain Commissioner and the AAATA. Uh, The Housing Commission has offices here as well as our maintenance and facilities. Uh, It's also a location where any city vehicle can Uh, refuel with a gas tank as well as uh, about 30 or 40 electric vehicle charging stations uh, for city vehicles. And so we've looked at three different options. uh, One that preserves the electrical uh, vehicle charging as well as the gas tanks, just moving the gas tanks closer to the water tower so that the lot can be split uh, between city functions and then housing commission and housing functions. In this uh, rendering, you can see there's a one-story maintenance building for uh, housing commission, an office for housing commission, and then a larger building is about 28 apartments. The second rendition, we can increase the number of apartments by keeping the electric vehicle charging stations but removing the gas tank, and that increases the number of apartments to 76 apartments. And this third rendition is if we only did housing there, we did not include any housing commission offices or maintenance and no city fuel or electric vehicles, then we could increase the number of apartments to about 116. 1510 East Stadium is currently fire station number two. Uh, The intent is for the housing commission to acquire that. We're continuing to do some environmental testing of the building with the intent of demolishing it. Um, and we will not start any kind of demolition or new development until the AAPD is able to relocate some of their vehicles and equipment uh, they are stored at this site. There's two different options, one of which we're looking at is like a three or four-story building with 20 to 23 apartments, and the second option is lower density, includes eight duplexes. Both sites are, or both options are, restrained by. Open space requirements and parking requirements, there's very little on street parking, and so it needs to be accommodated on this site with whatever is built. That concludes the development uh, properties that are city owned properties. Uh, the next thing I'd like to talk about is our major initiative within our HUD program, within our HUD voucher program. In 22 we are designated through a competitive process by HUD as what's called a moving to work agency specifically to look at um, landlord incentives uh, through a five-year study to see if that would increase participation of uh, property owners as well as increase successful lease up by our voucher tenants. We will officially be starting our implementation of uh, our Moving to Work program in fiscal year 24, focusing both on tenants. Many of these things are, th- are what we have already been doing with our payments from uh, partnerships with Barrier Busters and with our own nonprofit. So we've been um, often paying for security deposits, utility deposits, um, helping with um, searching assistance, etc. cetera, but now we'll officially be able to use HUD funding to do this work. And the second component is landlord recruitment and retention. And although we do that now, we don't actually have any financial incentives um, that we provide to landlords, which we can now do with these HUD funds, such as just a simple uh, payment for new landlords to thank them for participating, to paying for vacancy payments between uh, tenants or paying for holding fees and other kinds of incentives. I'm going to change gears and go back to the three areas that uh, City Administrator Dehony would like all departments to address, one of which is major grants we are pursuing. I have a list here of many grants. Uh, some of them are federal, some of them are through the state. Uh, we've got DTE um, as well as Federal Home Loan Bank, so a mixture of different grants, we will be applying for multiple millions of dollars in funding uh, to go toward new housing development, as well as retrofitting and renovating existing properties. The next area is public engagement. We have a Resident Advisory Board made up of Housing Commission residents and voucher tenants that we consult with for our major initiatives. We have the Community Leadership Council that was formed Um, made of Black community members related to, um, initially, to uh, help us with our design and activation of the first floor of Catherine Street, but we will be also talking to them about other sites that are uh, in the pipeline. Uh, We've got two contractors uh, doing our community engagement, YMJ and Associates, as well as Smith Group. Uh, We have, because of our housing development processes, we have many public uh, zoning Uh, Planning and zoning public hearings and community meetings, and then we do a lot of outreach and but often by invitation from various community groups as well. And the third area is partnership projects. Uh, We have a lot of partnerships happening with our various development projects, but even more so within our existing services we do eviction prevention with a number of community agencies that work in the housing and homelessness area. Uh, We have a lot of partners that provides direct services to our tenants. Uh, We're partnering with the Parks Department on redevelopment of a Dexter, a new park actually, on Dexter Road next to our West Arbor apartments. And we are working in various initiatives with the City OSI Department around sustainability. And we have uh, several partners that we work with for our home ownership program for our voucher tenants, as well as working with the County Office of Community Economic Development for a five-year affirmatively furthering fair housing plan, of which we are both required to do, and they are taking the lead on making sure that that happens. And that is the end of my budget presentation. Uh, if you have questions, please direct them to Sarah Higgins, uh, Milton Dehoney, Marty Prashan, and Kim Uh Thank you and have a lovely day.